Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. We got another episode of Strange Happenings for you, bringing your weekly dose of strange. As always, I'm your host, Mikey, the bro host, Bub, and we got Stoner the Loner tonight in Master Control. Stoner the Loner. Sir Bro of Diz is uh, not with us tonight, but with with us in spirit. Always. He's uh, working some gigs. We did have a good time with Diz Bro in Florida on a shoot that we had in the Destin area. (laughs) Good time. Uh, It was was a great time. So uh, thank you to Stoner and Master Control. we see we got Ron Father, Flutz Capacitor, Born Not to Run, Tombstone. What's, What's up, up, everybody? What's Great up? to have you guys. Um, you know, big shout out to everybody in the Strange Road Hitchhikers Facebook group. For uh, sure. You know, we got some new members in there, uh, all the subscribers in YouTube, um, and all the people that are leaving us awesome reviews right. in Apple Podcasts and, and, and Spotify. So, Thank you to everybody there. Um, this has been a, an awesome week. Last week was cool. We got we did a premiere with uh, the episode of Mike Cobb. That was uh, fun. Last Friday. That was a lot of fun. We got to tune in and hang out in the chat with yeah. everybody. Um, but Mike actually sent us a care package. He wasn't playing, dude. No, a lot of chocolate, a lot of coffee. Nicaraguan hot sauce. Cho- chocolate, uh, Belizean chocolate, Nicaraguan <laughs> coffee. Some of my favorite hey, hot Necro, sauce, too, from that? Belize, uh, yeah. Marie Sharps. That and is you said you had heard staple. of it. Oh, no, it had it all over Belize. It's fantastic yeah. hot sauce. If you ever see it in the store, pick up a bottle of Marie Sharps. That's really, really good. But thank you to Mike and ECI yeah, we for really sending us that it. care package. That yeah. was awesome. Um, yeah, we have uh, some cool stuff coming up this week on Thursday. We have uh, we're going live with James A. Willis. I'm stoked for that episode. Yeah, author of Weird Ohio and a bunch of other awesome books on I the think paranormal. He did Weird Ohio and Weird U.S. Weird U.S. So exactly. he's done. Yeah, he's done kind of like I think he started with Ohio because he's from Ohio, isn't he? Yeah, and then kind of like branched out and like got yep. a little bit more into. It's got to be, you know, it's strange everywhere. He's an expert in the Loveland Frogman, which we saw his presentation at Frogman Fest uh, this year when we were helping out with the AV room. Right. And met him and Tobias and some other people. But I asked him then, hey, man, would you want to come on our show? That'd be so awesome. And he said, yes. It's coming. And we worked it out. <laughs> um, but uh, our friend, we have a mutual friend with, with uh, James or Jim um, and uh, Jim Bowser. Right. So uh, James wrote up a whole piece in Weird Ohio about the Temple of Tolerance and our friend Jim Bowser. Yeah. And uh, so that was some of the earliest exposure that Bowser ever had on the temple. Was Weird Ohio. Was Weird Ohio. Right, right, right. I and remember seeing that when I used so to I feel like so many it. people found out about the temple originally from that book. Yeah. Uh, I remember reading that book forever ago. Yeah. And it's it's uh, an Ohio treasure, if you will. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. So shout out to James and... and uh, Looking forward to that conversation. He's got um, so much great information. So that's going to be a good one. We're super stoked for that. Right. Uh, and that's going to be at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Okay. So guys, come hang out for that uh, in a couple days. Yeah. We've got some really good shows coming up. Yeah. I don't want to tip the beans too early, but <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah. Tip away. It's like Christmas is coming year round. <laughs> we got some really good shows coming. Yeah. Well, just because, you know, it's it's a little bit out yet. We're not sure. You know, something can always happen that, yeah. you know, yeah. we were supposed to have uh, Bill Holman on. Yeah. You know, that kind of fell through. So, yeah, I'd rather not we'll jinx it. We'll get Bill it. back on for yeah. sure. I'd rather just not jinx it this go round. But um, what is it? In the next month, month and a half, we'll have 
we have two episodes that I'm excited about. Yeah. I'm excited about all of them all the time, but I mean, yeah. two more of kind of like really in the yep. wheelhouse. Yeah. And um, I think they're going to work out great. So yep. more to come on that. And, and we um, got Burton just joined us. Burton, what what's up, Burton? happening, buddy? Dude, you're the same best. Same old, same old chilling, he says. Well, bub, we can get started if you want. Did we Dive miss right anything? In. Did I forget anything? You got any shout outs? Have you looked on the map? I haven't looked on the map lately on our, our audio side. We got any people dialing in from We've any other countries more, we haven't? Uh... More folks in the UK, Canada. Okay. That audience is growing quite a bit in Europe. Uh, Japan, we still have our listener in Japan. It looks like she's she's still tuned in. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, everybody on, on the uh, podcast side of things. Um, you know, we have a, a great group of people that are, are tuning in and, yeah. and, and listening. And it's hard to tell if we're getting some crossover, if people come over from there to watch the YouTube uh, the YouTube show. But uh, I'd yeah. be interested to see, you know, if people kind of bounce back and forth like I do with other shows. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of like a, there's a, some podcasts, a vagabond listener. You know, I, I only, go from show to show from time yeah. to time and tune in. And sometimes I'll actually leave it on layaway for like, so I want to build up like three or four episodes of a show. So I, yeah. I'll tear through Binge them. It. If I'm only getting an hour or two hours, yeah. I can, yeah, I can go through a lot of shows quickly. So, hey, <laughs> ring a ling. Quick hey, I'm not the me. only one blowing up. Jeez. Hey, rook. Every, the last two episodes, I've had the Rookie. audio somehow turned on on my laptop. <laughs> That's been funny. Anyways, and hearing my own voice back into the microphone going, what is happening? Anyways. Hey, so we got Stoner's dad in. Stoner's What's up? dad. All Trash right. Panda. And we got Travis Drum, who's never uh, tuned in for a live stream before. Hey, catching. Travis. What's dude, up? Welcome. What up, welcome. TD? Um... And so, <laughs> Live from the dining room, <laughs> Bob Evans is... Hey, if you're at Bob, Bob Evans, Evans, get yourself a country fried steak and some mashed potatoes. Do that right now. Get that gravy on top. Just good order. watch where you're driving. Yep. Don't go past Daniel Boone National Forest. Country fried steak will do it every time. <laughs> that was Cracker Barrel, not I, Bob doesn't ma- I know, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> country fried steak is a country fried steak. Oh, Anyways, man. we appreciate you guys and uh, gals uh, jumping in, tuning in. We yeah. got Rolo the Strange Dog as our hey, mascot as Rolo. always. Rolo. He's been hanging in with us all day long. Yep. Rolo's been patient. Yeah. He's only had a long walk and one short walk today. So yeah. I yeah. Think we'll, we'll uh, after this, we're going to go on a nice, nice long walk with Rolo. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, he's been super chill today. Yeah. But we can get into it if you want, bub. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah, I think we should dive right in. There's always something going on, right? And and we've kind of, we were talking about it before the show started, like, what is the strange road and how we kind of encapsulate a lot of things and we meander through different topics and we're not really set on, like, one specific corner. Paranormal, ancient civilizations. We do ghosts. We do not a lot of UFO stuff yet, but we do have some guests yeah. kind of cooking in that world, which right. we kind of alluded to earlier. Right. Um, cryptid stuff. Right. But basically and, anything that doesn't kind of line up with, that sounds about right. That would happen in a typical yeah. day. If it doesn't fall in that box, that's what gets me interested. Right? Like, yeah. I, like this article here. Right. Uh, this is a great one from the Daily Signal. Um, and I want to say, so this is from yesterday, right? Yeah, it's from yesterday. Um, so, um, investor arrested after criticizing Warren Buffett's funding for Bill Gates' woke philanthropy and ties to Jeffrey Epstein. Um, so, this is something. Now, let, let's really just stop and pause real quick. How long has Epstein, A, been known about, and B, been dead, and C, nothing's been done about it? 2019. 
It's nothing, been damn near four years, but nothing's been done about it. You know, it's the whole like. Well, what's her head went to jail. That, they threw that, us a softball there. That right? She's. I mean, she's a, a Delane, sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but nothing in her depositions or court uh, documents have ever come out to name a single person. Which yeah. we've talked about this. A, yeah. A bit. What I'm saying is, it's a fairly sens- it's a fairly sensational story that's gotten little coverage, little light shed on it right or even like the people that were tied to him um but anyway so we'll go into this a little bit so the chairman of a corporate watchdog was removed from a shareholder meeting and arrested after questioning berkshire hathaway ceo warren buffett's support for the bill and melinda gates foundation the ejected nonprofit leaders criticism saturday included microsoft co-founder bill gates travel with convicted sex offender jeffrey epstein pete flaherty chairman and ceo of the national legal and policy center was arrested and charged with criminal trespassing by police in Omaha, Nebraska, even though his name was on the list of attendees for the Berkshire Hathaway shareholder meeting. Quote, I apparently touched the third rail of billionaire politics when I mentioned Jeffrey Epstein's name, Flaherty told the Daily Signal on Monday. I've been involved in shareholder activism for 19 years, and I've never before had my mic cut, and I was never before arrested. Epstein and, and you guys, real quick, this yeah. this video, yeah, yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, we I don't, we're not going to play the whole yeah. video. It's it's pretty long, but you guys should go. Um, you should check it out. There's a there's a full full cut that's like six minutes, I think. Yeah. What was the Twitter account that had it? We can link I, it in we, the description. We, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes and stuff. Um, but basically, I don't even really want to dig into it too much there. We can really highlight this. The, the the gentleman was there. He didn't bust in. He didn't run on stage and start shouting. He was supposed all these, to be speaking there. He's on the list. Yeah. He's, he's on, done this for two decades nearly. Yeah. He's not. And he starts going into his presentation and brings up Bill Gates. Like he said, he touched on the third rail of, how, how did he put it? I touched on the third rail of, where did he say that? Oh, third rail of billionaire politics. So it's this whole like kind of like um, even if you're saying something that's true, you're not allowed to say it. Mm-hmm. That's a weird concept to me. I don't understand it. I don't even like that thought. They're like, yeah. Yeah, it's true, but don't say it. I don't know. What the hell does that mean? That means they don't want attention drawn towards Right. Them. And that's what I'm saying. So highlight the fact that Epstein died, was in prison, was in a guarded facility the cameras the went out. Whatever. There's so much craziness uh, to it. The guy that tried to kill him, what, a week before? Right. They put him on suicide watch. Right. You know, the guy that was in his was a former cocaine dealer and part of the – he was a cop in New York and had been, you know, arrested and was in that jail right. waiting trial for dealing drugs and, and you know, right. building a criminal empire of some kind. It's ama- it's amazing. It's it's really amazing. A lot of things really lined up that failed, and then all of a sudden, Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide, and nobody bought it. Like people that aren't conspiracy people, did not buy that Epstein killed himself. All I those don't, memes I that came out were I unbelievable. The guy that had time. so much money. Why would he kill himself? He's been in a position before like this and gotten away with a sweetheart deal. Why yeah. does he kill it? There's nothing on this planet that points to that guy having that kind of like him getting actually put in jail, awaiting trial or something would have made him become so distraught. He's going to, it doesn't make any sense. No, 
and I still his, think doc, Dr. Michael Bad. You got that much money as he did and that uh, much influence. You pay for a person. You switch somebody out. You go, hey, get me out of here by noon tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll let I'll let it look like you had somebody rough me up and that I was in potential danger. But you know, get me out of here. Yeah, and also one thing to add the the thing with Bill Gates is tied into all the J.P. Morgan stuff that's coming out too, right? Jamie Dimon is going to have to like I think he's in trouble. Has to like testify or get deposed or. But there's, yeah, that's not over. But that's all tied in with some of this stuff too. Probably a lot of it. Yeah. 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 That that. There's a lot going on with the banking sector right now, right? Just in general, in finance. And then, yeah. and then you have this kind of like smoldering fire that still yeah. hasn't gone out. And it's going to be like it, the Epstein stuff, unless somebody actually like really gets to it and we really get some like, which again well, is Well, this a big seems ask. like a start. This is in, I mean, it's the Daily Signal, which I don't really it's know. It's like a what? Kennedy type <laughs> thing. It's like really figuring out the Kennedy thing. Yeah. You, you the only people that are going to figure it out are going to be people that weren't alive when it happened. Right. That's when they'll like unseal the capsule and say, if you can finally know about this now, like there's this because shot. it won't cause unrest. That's hilarious. So he got arrested. He got arrested. He got taken out on camera at the end of this video. He's being pulled out by the cops. Yeah. Just because he's up there talking about this oh, connection. But you know, what's funnier was I found another clip that shows, I think before he went on and did a speech yeah. that Bill Gates is that that? He was shareholder at the meetings. Yes. That's crazy. So you think he was in the audience when that happened? Oh yeah. Whoa. Or heard it or was somewhere that Right. Oh yeah. And then was like bring in the bring in the cops. Let's go. Get out the blow dart. No, Bill, that's too aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Where are the sharks with laser beams attached to their heads? <laughs> I'm telling you. There's I mean, another part of this, too. I think this is 1A, 1B. There was another article as well. To, do you see that? I don't know if I do. What are you talking about? Bid to remove, Let me look the here. bid to remove Warren Buffett as chair of Berkshire. Oh, Hathaway. I didn't see that part. I mean, yeah. At a meeting. Um, so I don't know oh, if I this see is that, part yeah. of that. Yeah, I see that. Um, I mean, that's really – so we can go into that, yeah. That That is kind of part of it. So – my location. Yeah. All right. No, I'm not subscribing. So a bid to remove Warren Buffett as chair of Berkshire Hathaway uh, rejected at meeting. So um, a long shot bid by a conservative group to remove Warren Buffett as chair of Berkshire Hathaway failed by a wide margin at the company's annual shareholder shareholder meeting in Omaha on Saturday, May 6. And so this is the National Legal and Policy Center. That's the guy. Yeah. So they tried to take him out Saturday, and then Monday he got arrested. Right. That's the guy. That that's uh, where this Flaherty well, is think, from. Is the NLPC? Sorry, guys. I think we were supposed to read this one first, and then so we did these a little bit out of order. That's okay, though. Wow. <laughs> wow. So yeah. So the NLCP or NLPC, sorry, the National Legal and Policy Center said in its proposal that Buffett's ties to Bill Gates and his political views could hurt investors that has urged the separation of Buffett's roles. Berkshire has said that Buffett will remain the board chair as long as he is chief executive officer. But once he steps down, a non-management member of the board would serve as chair. Buffett said at the meeting at the CHI Health Center that donations he's given to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation were his money and not from Berkshire Hathaway. Speaking in support of the proposal, which was one of six up for a vote, Peter Flaherty, also known as the man in the picture who was arrested at the uh, shareholder meeting, chair of the NLPC, mentioned Gates' association with Jeffrey Epstein. 
the disgraced financier and sex trafficker. It then appeared Flaherty's microphone was cut off. Omaha police later charged him with trespassing. Berkshire Hathaway and CHI Health Center didn't respond to requests for comment, and the police department declined to comment. Flaherty was released on a $250 bail. Yeah, man, I'm going to call. The, 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 he touched on a nerve there. They didn't like it. By the way, Omaha's always been kind of known for a little bit of a, uh, I don't know. I don't want to look too far into that, but that's interesting that it's in Omaha. Um, it's, I mean, you know what? The the whole, like, out in the middle of nowhere, that that makes it all the creepier. Wow. When people crazy. go, when people go, oh, wow, they have all this money and they, they manage so much and this and that. And, you know, he said, oh, he's just out there eating ice cream. is a good guy. I'm going to go a little cynical with it and be <laughs> like, you know, there's a reason that people move to Alaska. You know, yep. they want to get away or hide out or this or that or whatever. You know, some people just not saying everybody's bad, but I'm saying there are certain reasons that people go certain places or set up shop in certain locations. You mean like Zorro Ranch in New Mexico Jeez. or an island? Hit the nail on that. Pedophile Island. Yeah. Like something like that, maybe. Did you see? Just a little segue off that. I don't even recall who it is. Some billionaire bought St. James Island. Yeah. And he's going to, like, basically, like, revamp it and try to make it. I don't know how many. How are you going to rub the stain off that place? I don't know how many (laughs) goats you're going to have to sacrifice or, you know. How much sage you're going to have to burn. They're gonna have like probably just gonna have to purify that island with napalm first and just scrub the oh know, my God. top of it, <laughs> scrape it down like the Nazca lines and start over. I'm not kidding, man. I mean, yeah, mm, shit. You're a bold person to 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 buy that. I mean, hey, it's a bold move, Cotton. I mean, <laughs> honestly, yeah, maybe buy it and set it up just as like a sanctuary for animals. In ten years, you know, it could become something. Do you think there's kind of there's got to be some energy tied to that place? That's what I'm saying. You're gonna need like a whole bunch of shamans out there burning sage and Palo Santo. You're gonna get off and they're gonna sweet grass like, and... welcome you as a guest with a lay and a Ouija board. Like <laughs> no. Oh, no, you think I'm hopping on a Ouija board in that place? Jeez, <laughs> Satan go, himself. No, will come through. I mean, I'm good, dude. The temple out there, uh, I mean, which was kind of made of cardboard. Uh, that's funny. Um, anyways, let's move on here. Yeah. Enough about You want me to do this next one? Creepy. On, uh, uh, or is this you? Are you doing this one? I can do you this. You can. Go for it. Uh, Ex-OpenAI safety researcher says there are there is a 20% chance of an AI apocalypse. Oh, boy. Been I'd covering say, AI a lot lately. I'd uh, say that's a low estimate. That's Yeah. That's, Sorry. You think it's low? I'm cynical. I think it's going to take us a while to get there. You know, after listening to Michio Kaku yeah. and how, you know, we're really at like the consciousness of a flower yeah. right now with AI and the chat GPT stuff yeah. that we really need to be worried once it becomes the uh, the consciousness of a monkey. That's when yeah, now, yeah, yeah, even yeah, when yeah, it's yeah. a consciousness of a dog. It's like, OK, in a hundred years, we'll be at the consciousness of a human being because that's I think a it'll be faster than that. Different, you know, 4D level of consciousness. I think they're going to figure out biological computing, like how the whole like well, that, what mushrooms, the quantum computing quartz. you're going to have like these robots running around with like quartz brains and like mushroom, yeah. you know, uh, organ systems for sensory. And Well, when quantum computing really starts becoming like a legit where they have 
you know, warehouses full of these quantum computers and cooling systems and and all that. And then working with AI, that's when things are going to really start pushing super, super fast with this stuff. Anyways, so yeah, one-time yeah, OpenAI safety researcher is sounding the alarm bells about the decidedly grim-sounding prospect that artificial intelligence may eventually bring about the end of humanity. I think maybe in quote, I think maybe there's something like 10 to 20 percent chance of AI takeover with many for most humans dead. Former open AI, open AI or Paul Cristiano told the uh, the Bankless podcast earlier this week. I take it quite seriously. When discussing the possibility of AI annihilation, Cristiano said that unlike infamous doomer Eliza Yudowski, who's been shouting from the rooftops about AI-powered Terminator scenario, he thinks that our, uh, our end by AI will come probably more gradually. Uh, I tend to imagine something more like a year's transition from AI systems that are a pretty big deal to kind of an accelerated change, followed by further acceleration, et cetera, uh, he told the podcast. So that's kind of what we were just talking about, Yeah, is it's going to evolve from the flower consciousness to the dog consciousness to a monkey, and then eventually, like I said, with quantum computers and some of this stuff... That stuff, that technology starts really, really. Right now, IBM, Microsoft, Google, and China have the the most advanced quantum computers in the world, and they're just these little tiny things with these giant cooling systems that look like these huge glass and gold copper plated uh, 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 cooling systems that are just uh, unbelievable. And so that's when you're when all that's operating in the cloud. Uh, you know, you're talking about smart glass technology. Now, iPads, you know, every, your TVs are all completely wireless. And it's you're just you I have, saw, you know, like an avatar or Marvel movies that you see. I saw a video. I still don't know if it's real. And I think I might have mentioned this once before, but it was a TV and the guy was showing it was a TV with like no power cord. It was picking up power just like a radio would pick up a radio signal. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, is, is this am I being I. I how do I research that even? Like Best Buy? Yeah. <laughs> Co- power cord not Amazon included? Choice. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a that's good, good point, point, Stoner. Stoner just mentioned our phones, like those anchor systems. I have one at my desk. Well, they I charge put, wirelessly, but they still have to be like laying. Connected, yes. It's not, well. It has to be on it's the conducting cradle. It. It's conducting it. Mm-hmm. It's not plugged in, but it's able to transfer to the back plate of your phone that nfc near field communication technology type stuff and right charging but i mean that goes also to like the roads and how if we could figure out how to like basically put those you know the racetrack cars used to just ride around the track same thing concept with cars or even just take it a step further and say now with your cars if you could deliver at that in a tesla fashion of like say sending power or just like a radio signal because it's a, a wave right yeah it's a strength. I don't know. I, I'm not a, a physicist, so let, right. me, let me side note that. Uh, if I was an actor, I'd like to play a physicist, though. <laughs> well, I would not do a great job at that. I mean, you have to at least sound like you're smart. I mean, that's what the script is for. <laughs> yeah. I'm not writing the script. Um, I'm the actor, not the writer. Um, 
by the way, Ron Father was in earlier. I shouted out before we were live, hey, Ron oh, yeah. Father. Oh, so yeah. I know uh, Ron Father's joining us. He was visiting us down here earlier today. He stopped by to say hi. It was yeah, fun. it was great. Good nice time. Nice little afternoon break. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then this next one, Bob, if you want to take this next one, um, we're dovetailing off of more AI news. Yeah, so this one is titled Why Conscious AI is a Bad Idea, and this cause, uh, comes from um, Nautilus. Um, and so artificial intelligence is moving fast. We can now converse with large language models such as ChatGPT as if they were human beings. Vision models can generate award-winning photographs as well as convincing videos of events that never happened. These systems are certainly getting smarter, but are they conscious? Do they have subjective experiences, feelings, no. and conscious beliefs in the same way that you and I do? But tables and chairs and pocket calculators do not. And if not now, <laughs> then when, if ever, might this happen? So we're talking about that. When, how long? It would be good, good conversation. And I think it's something that everybody's going to be keeping their eyes on. Uh, who was it recently? The the uh, AI founder at Google like left and mm -hmm. was like, "It's getting too weird." Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, could you imagine being in some of those laboratories and walking in one day in and those being like, board meetings? <laughs> imagine you're in a board meeting and like this robot just walks in, this AI robot, and it literally just starts. Imagine you're in a board meeting. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Imagine you're in a board meeting, and you don't know that one of the people in the board meeting is the robot. <laughs> and then during it, they go, okay, go ahead and stand up, Jeffrey. Go ahead. You know, and this robot stands up and goes full Westworld and, like, its face peels back and reveals that it's, you know, this cybernetic AI technology underneath, like. Yeah. Like, just imagine being the CEO of that company. You're in that board meeting that day. That could happen one day. Mm -hmm. Be a great way to reveal a product. Oh, you didn't even know that Mike over here was a. Imagine right now. If I if you if Stoner like hit a button and I just turned into a robot right in front of you, you're like, holy shit. God, that's good. That's really clean. I think we're pretty far off from that. I don't know they would make them. Uh, what's that? Rolo's actually a robot. a robot. Yeah. Like uh like our uh um, Rolo, don't drag don't drag your butt on the ground. <laughs> you got it. We'll take you out hey, here. In a come here, buddy. Come here, buddy. Go lay on your bed. Go lay down. Um, so because of the concerns. Um, this uh, author of this article said, I signed an open letter put together by the Association for the Mathematical Study of Consciousness, AMCS, following hot on the heels of the much-publicized call to pause large-scale AI research. The letter argues that it is vital for public industry and governing bodies to understand whether and how AI systems could become conscious to consider the implications and to address the dangers. Around the same time, Anka Rule of Stanford University and Gary Marcus, a leading voice on AI, sensibly called for the establishment of a global, neutral, and nonprofit inter international agency for AI to coordinate global regulation of AI technologies. I think the remit of such an agency could cover AI consciousness as well. Last week, Jeffrey Hinton, one of AI's pioneers, resigned as Google's chief scientist to join the course of concern. Having changed his mind about the immediacy and reality of the threats posed by the technology, he helped develop. In my opinion, we should not even be trying to build conscious machines. <laughs> that article the dude goes that's deep on the and inside, hard for a long way. I the don't guy that's on the top level of this stuff is freaked out, ladies and gentlemen. That's all you need to know. Well, okay, you Am I agree? wrong? You, yeah, sure. Do you want a great analogy to that? Oppenheimer. 
Yeah. What did, what was, was the his atomic quote? bomb? Do he do you know what happened yeah. after World War II and the atomic bomb? He had bomb? a great quote. He was basically ostracized and excommunicated because he was so oppositional to nuclear and yeah. atomic weapons. He, he quoted the Bhagavad Gita. There's a quote, I have become death, the eater of worlds. Yeah. yeah. I have become destroyer of worlds. Whatever. Something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Quoted the Bhagavad Gita. He was really interested in uh, ancient Indian texts and Sanskrit texts and the Vedas because they talked about, Think about that, nuclear though. type technology. Right. So he got a lot of his ideas from studying ancient texts and being obsessed with ancient India. That's why he was quoted the Bhagavad Gita. He had read through so many Vedas about the technology that they had and these crazy weapons, right. like the the the, uh, the arrows, the um, Shiva's um, three pointed staff, the tri- Triton or whatever they trident? call trident. Yeah, the trident. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was really really fascinated with what seemed like descriptions of nuclear type weapons right. and nuclear powered. Things, but I'm saying you're saying we're talking about the guy from Google who's yeah. the founder or not the founder, but one of the developers, the and one of the early of on AI. in this, right? Basically, yeah, he's like, yeah, you're saying he's getting freaked out, and again, I'm giving you the, you, I don't know, I think, I think that should say a lot because the people that can develop those powers, they're having, they have the realization beyond just the potential of use. In, in the use case, right? They, they, a lot of times you have to look at it in a dualistic nature of saying, okay, well, here's the good side of it. There has to be a down, everything has an up and a down to it. We know it just kind of seems yeah. part of life. So I well, think that's like when anything. those people get you to that take, level, they can see beyond it and go, well, wow, this is scary as because shit. Because you know why? We converted into this timeline. You can go to this timeline. To create the pyramids, for example, or you can branch off and go to this timeline and create the iPhone. Depends how your timeline or what type of uh, some decisions are going to make be made in time by powerful people, inventors, creative people that start moving technology in a certain type of direction. We're moving in this type of direction. At some point, the guy that's in charge of the AI at Google saw a split of the timeline in a direction where we're going where the potential of an AI threat, he sees it, where we're heading. Now, can we split back the other way and make AI like, uh, you know, in the Iron Man, like Friday or or, uh, um, uh, Vision, you know, the the type of AI that you use to essentially, you know, help you in your everyday life that – doesn't become conscious I have or the, doesn't... I have the worry. No. It, it's inevitable. A, we're already going down this road. I know. So I don't I think mean. there's any turning back from it. And now that I've gone deep into this Dune world and I'm still listening to that on tape every day, I'm like 24-7 Dune. I'm <laughs> there like we go. How I am with Lord of the Rings where I can literally rip off. I, I've watched the extended Hobbit and Lord of the Rings in one day. <laughs> All, all, all of the movies. Yeah, and read all the books. That's why Dune finally seems like something I can get my appetite up for because I need a lot. Like, I'm a <laughs> binger of stories. But even in Dune, and Kyle's kind of explained this to me, like, you know, the, the concept of, like, where they get to in the timeline where they're starting out with the first book, they're talking about after 
they've had AI and after they've built these like sentient robots and and effectively they found out that that wasn't a good thing for humanity and we we need to more mm-hmm. rely on ourselves and man it gives me so many tangential references to even thinking about the whole like concept of like psychedelics and how we were talking earlier about yogis and how they'll be like you know you don't need to take psychedelics you can get there through this mental state and the whole like levels of you get what i'm saying yep but with 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 the AI stuff too, there's also the the whole there, there's been a philosophical concept put forward of like AI will be so much smarter than us, et cetera, et cetera, that it'll actually realize that it needs to be in charge of us because we aren't able to be in charge of ourselves. Yep. Like yep. It, it, it will see it as its duty, yeah. of, of sorts, to preserve yeah. us as a species because otherwise we're too stupid and we'll kill ourselves. Right. Exactly. So I don't know. I mean, there's a good conversation happening in the chat right now too. You know about all this stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I'll say this. At least I look forward to. Hopefully, there's an AI when I'm old and infirm that it can take care of me instead of your family having to take care of your. Yeah. Yeah. Just push. Just light me on fire and push me down the river. Well, maybe not while I'm still alive, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I wanted the idea of a forest where you go to die, where it's like a death camp. You, go, you camp out. You camp out until you die. <laughs> that could you be. Camp out until you die. Let's not have anybody clip that. I mean, not in that, that context. <laughs> it's the celestial. You broke me on that one, bro. <laughs> it's a celestial <laughs> campground. You're going to go. Okay, that's a better branding. You're going to that's go. That's better branding. Camp with the angels. Whatever. <laughs> we need to there, there are people that have done it with the like. Camp. Well, I know it didn't come out right, and even when I was. I know it sounded wrong, <laughs> but oh, shit. there was somebody that was doing that for a while with the whole trees where like they would plant these trees with these pods yeah. around them. And that pod was basically your coffin and all of yeah, your biological that's material. That's I want to go. Goes in Turn and me into tree food, bro. Yeah, I don't want a one plant room apartment big... for the rest of my No, or a tombstone, just a tree physical fine. form. Carve underground. something on it. What are we going to do? You can't you know, bury everybody. Mikey lies here. He's super stoked to be underneath this tree. I'll tell you what, if Elon Period. Musk really wants to make money, you build a giant cannon that can shoot <laughs> caskets into outer space. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Send me light years away. <laughs> or you're just. I want to be buried or make on. you cosmic dust. I want to like be buried. you up there. And I want to be buried on Sirius or like the Pleiades. Yeah. Like shoot me off to the Pleiades. Yeah. Maybe that's where your soul's from. All those strange people, the Arcturian channelers, and you ever seen those folks? Hold on. This is another, on YouTube. I don't even care. <laughs> I'm doing another segue. Do you remember? This is probably a few years ago. It's so funny because it lines up perfectly out of the back of my house. And when I used to smoke cigarettes, especially in the winter, it's cold out. So I would like, you know, hang in the back door and smoke a cigarette and hang outside. My yeah, wife would I'm yell. sure you did. At a certain time at night when I would smoke and look out the back door, I always just thought it was like my eyes being strained. I didn't realize I was act, like I was actually seeing the Pleiades, and I had never seen the Pleiades before. Oh, yeah, before. that's pretty cool. I didn't know what it was, so I just thought, oh, yeah, I have bad vision. seven sisters. I was seeing it like every yeah. night. I was like, that's yeah. really weird. And then I started reading about it. I'm like, yeah. I had ample opportunities to see this my entire life and didn't yeah. recognize it or see it until... Yeah, just the, so at just the, the right Pleiades, moment. Serious, all those are. It's interesting. A lot of the woo-woo uh, folks love to, you know, that that's where life originated. And Lyra, yeah. and you know, there's races of human beings living in the Pleiades, yeah. and we're kind of like, you know, 
they have been visiting us and yeah. helping want, us out. I want Walter existence. I want John Goodman and, and Jeff Bridges spreading my ashes on the beach of just have a Sirius. blowback in my face. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Walter! Why is everything got to be about Nam? You got a Ralphs around here. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, do you want to do the next one? Sure. We're way far off track. We we do that. Hey, sometimes. you know what? Come here, bud. I'm having a good time. That's Come all here, that buddy. Hi, buddy. Go uh, here we go. So scientists discover gigantic structure under the surface surface of the moon. I have not read this uh, one. This is the moon has been a subject of awe and fascination for millennia, with its shape shifting powers and enigmatic dark side. Pink Floyd. Yep, absolutely. And though it's the one of the celestial bodies on which man has taken small steps, still questioned. We still have big leaps to go in understanding its potential and uncovering its secrets. However, one hidden feature of the moon has been unearthed by scientists in a very, very big, very, very heavy. Buried beneath the South Pole of the Aitken Basin, one of the largest preserved craters in the solar system is a structure which weighs at least 2.18 billion kilograms and measures more than 300 kilometers, which is 186 miles in depth... And 200 kilometers, or 1,243 miles in length. Okay? The researchers who made the discovery, all based in the U.S., uh, uh, posited that the anomaly could be made out of metal from the core of an asteroid or oxides from a crystallization of a magma ocean. One of the explanations of this extra mass is that the metal from the asteroid that formed this crater is still embedded in the moon's mantle. Could you imagine mining that? Whatever that, I mean, you know, it could be like vibranium or some kind of crazy. That's a huge chunk. Dude. That's not a chunk. That's a country. Get a couple knives, you know, your home chef set. A couple knives made from moon metal. Adamantium. Yeah. Some vibranium, adamantium. What if it's some kind of really bizarre metal? Cooking with Wolverine. Exactly. Um, imagine that uh, taking a pile of metal five times larger than the big island of Hawaii and buying it underground and burying it underground. That's roughly how much unexpected mass we've detected. So when are we going to get back? Up, when are we going to get back up there and do that? When are we? You're good. I petted you a bunch. Rello, come when are, down, when are we going to get back down. to the moon? We're supposed to be going back, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when Very I say soon. we're going back, I don't mean back to like Studio B on lot 13 oh, of Jesus. Paramount Pictures of Stanley Kubrick and <laughs> a plate full of blow. That's not what I'm talking about when I say the moon oh, landing. Oh, shit. Um, we'll get to that because that's coming up. Okay. The groundbreaking find, the uh, the groundbreaking finding was made thanks to NASA's Gravity Recovery and Interior Laboratory, or GRAIL mission, which measures changes in the moon's <laughs> gravitational field. Uh, data collected by GRAIL can then be used to study the internal composition of our cratered companion. Pretty wild. I just read Necro's interesting. quote. He yeah. said, I, for one, welcome our AI overlords. Please take my job so I can stay home and make art all day. <laughs> yes. That's right, man. I'm with you on that, Necro, because I have the pie-in-the-sky utopian look of, like, I, I say to Mikey and Kyle a lot here, um, Stoner, um, 
about how like if we had AI and we, we have AI robots and combines and all this yeah. stuff, if it should go out and plant all the crops and it should make all the clothes and if it should be running all the factories and yeah, people shouldn't dude, be working at all. Those and combines Ferrari, run by themselves now with yeah. GPS. And if you want a Ferrari, you just walk down to the store yeah. and you get one and it's just made by robots. There's no, like, we've gotten to the point we don't we need the mine industrial the metal, revolution. You mine the metal all by robots. Yeah. There's not people you have to pay. Yeah. So like if I want to mow the lawn, it's because I want the nostalgic feel of mowing the lawn. I like mowing lawn. I'm not saying I don't. No, I love mowing the yeah, lawn. Yeah, you don't have. But a what lawn, I'm saying but is, you can make it a choice of like I feel like mowing it today rather than the robot. Or you just send your robot lawnmower out there, and and you can have a you know little cocktail, sit on your sunroof and hang uh, out. I mean, if you gave me two scenarios, and I'm at you know Home I'd Depot, mow the lawn, and you though. show me the robot that I got to push, and then you show me the robot with the pool model, <laughs> I think I'm getting the pool model. <laughs> I'm getting the robot that lets me sit in the pool. The pool model, Jesus. Yeah, Bob. I'm letting the robot mow the lawn while the I. The mojito model? model. No, no, the pool model, the model of the pool with the robot. Like over here's just the mow lawnmower. Yeah, and over here's the lawnmower with the little model of the pool, like mock up of like if you get this robot, you get the pool with it too. Wow, that's a. I don't think. I mean, it's like Randy Marsh sky. getting the Japanese toilet. I think I'm getting the you know the robot that mows the lawn while I'm in the pool. Yep. That stuff's coming. So when I still worked at Ohio State, too, and oddly, well, not oddly enough, but when the uh, war kicked off with Russia and Ukraine, these robots were stopped on campus. But yeah. prior to yeah. that happening, there are these little igloo oh, yeah. cooler we, robots. We saw them down there two weeks ago, six, bro. Six wheels at on At one them. time. They come from the commons. You yes. order chicken wings oh or this God, or that. Oh, my God, that freaked me they out. They load up your food in it. It's hot. Yeah. It drives from the commons all across the campus. Yeah. Arrives at your dorm. You come down. Right. Your food's still hot. Yeah. You take it out. That robot goes back and Dude, gets another and you order. know what? It stops at all the crosswalks where students walk. It stops if you walk it in front stops. of it. Yes. Yeah. And me and TJ sat there and watched seven of them zipping around on all these little. They're fast. Oh, I mean, I was fast. shocked. So even I in, remember reading about it. Even in the hospital itself, even in the hospital itself, like the, here's another one with the robots. There's when I first started working there, and I don't work there anymore. They have a basement that is just full of robots. You can walk through there at the same time, and they have the same sensors that they'll see you and stop. Yeah, but they literally they have their own elevators. The robots ride on them. You people never ride on these elevators, or if you do, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, because they're meant for this robot size. And this thing drives around the hospital, and you can call it with these different pads. So when you get a load of, like, linen or a load of trash that's full, yeah. you hit what it is so the robot will know where to take it. The elevator door will open whenever it gets there. It backs up. It lifts up the whole cart, and it takes the cart with it. I mean big, big, like, holds a couple hundred pounds of shit. Yeah, that's wild, dude. It takes away bio waste. It takes away all mm-hmm. the stuff and all drops shit, it. Who, who wants to— Mess with bio waste. What human being? Do you know how many miles? Job. Do you know how many miles a day somebody would have to walk in a hospital system that big to remove oh, all that I stuff bet. effectively yeah. and like efficiently? Yeah, for sure. So I mean, just think about that's been going on for ten hey, years. At I'll least. take that kind of AI all day long. I, I get if it. Somebody that's not, doesn't have to do that. That's type not of really job. AI though. But well, I, that's not AI. That's just programming. But event like taking that AI to the is next a next level. step. AI yeah, is a mean. combine that could say, "Hey, instead of cutting it in this direction, if I start cutting it this direction or this pattern, I'll actually save this much time and mm-hmm. I'll get more efficient." Right, right. That's where AI I'm giving is. it the pattern to go. To eventually, you're going, "Hey, there's a new 
Apple laptop coming out that's been all made by AI because it got more efficient and figured out how to make the laptop better. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. The industrial revolution, UI, people being in workings, you know, There's sweating. There's a new, to a put new a car industrial together. revolution coming. That got taken over by robots that you yeah. can then use robots and then they program those robots. And now we're trying to figure out how do we just make them program and how do we make them think so they can do these. Things. I don't know. It's back to the moon. Back to the moon. We are back to the moon. Back to the moon. Yeah. Uh, former head of Roscosmos thinks NASA did not land on the moon. Okay. And I'll tell you another thing. That hat did not land on his head. Nope. It's, it's not still doing, resting it's, a couple inches above. Yeah. You got to. <laughs> there's like a little plastic band in there. You got to pull that apart to get the hat, the, the <laughs> helmet on the head. Looks like a little league third base coach. I remember with a he hat, looks, a little askew from my years growing up. Oh my god! Don't, <laughs> don't, no, don't. <laughs> oh my god! But he looks warm though, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, he does. Uh, Dmitry uh, Rogozin <laughs> was fired as director general of Russia's main space corporation, Roscosmos, nearly a year ago. He has spent much of his time uh, since near. The front lines of Russia's in invasion of Ukraine sharing various uh, hateful, threatening, and nationalistic sentiments on his Telegram account. Occasionally, however, the uh, pugnacious politician still opines about the space, about space on his Rogozin at the front social media account. He did so this weekend, calling into question whether the United States really did land astronauts on the moon. During his four-year tenure at Roscosmos, uh, Rogozin wrote he asked his leadership team to look into whether NASA had actually landed on a dozen landed a dozen astronauts on the moon in the late 1960s and early 1970s. After all, Rogozin uh, reasoned, it was not clear to me how the United States, at the level of technological development of the 1960s of the last century, did what they still cannot do now. In response to these queries, Rogozin wrote he received angry responses from academics and fans of NASA at Roscosmos who did not want to undermine cooperation with the U.S. Space Agency on the International Space Station as evidence for landing Rogozin claims uh, as evidence for landing Rogozin claims the only he only received a copy of a book by cosmonaut Alexei Leonov accordingly at the end of his investigation Rogozin said that he does not believe Americans landed on the moon, but rather that they had succeeded in infiltrating the establishment of the Russian space program. Rogozin's doubt about the Apollo program did not surface publicly during his years at Roscosmos, but there were plenty of other reasons that NASA and other international partners found his leadership style uh, insufferable. He mocked U.S. astronauts repeatedly threatened to pull Russia out of the space station partnership and attempted to use international facility for propaganda purposes. Well, it sounds like he, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if this is a great source. It sounds like he uh, has been trying to derail uh, and send a lot of incorrect messaging throughout his entire career when it comes to space. But just an interesting article there. Um, I don't know how much weight this dude holds. I mean, look at the look at the uh, you know the safety helmet he's wearing for crying out loud. I'm trying to read read what that says. I mean, does that look like a guy that's getting ready to walk into a dangerous situation? Uh, no, no. Um, 
So, yeah, he's just over the years, it seems like he's just had a ton of outbursts. And who else has been trying to, the moon? to derail who the space? Who else has been station? to the moon? What other countries have been to the moon? To the moon? Any other? Let me Google this quick. Well, has any I other country been to the moon? I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, I know they've plenty of people have sent satellites and things have gotten close. Oh, I oh, think this is a, a scientific experiment that's never been repeated. What? Only one country. Yeah. The U.S. Mm-hmm. has ever landed a man on the And moon. you think it, Russia. I'm was, sorry, but I'm going to have to call horse shit. They put the first person in space. They were way ahead of us, dude. And then Yuri, Kennedy. Uh, yeah, Kennedy gave his, his speech. Name? And then all was of a sudden, Yuri, we got a Yuri man Gagarin? in, in um, uh, you know, we got a man in space. And then what? Like yeah, you're, four you're or five gone. years later, we're we're landing on the moon. I'm just I'm I'm sorry. No, the Russians were way ahead of us because they had German scientists uh, from their version of Operation Paperclip and the V2 programs. You know, we took Werner von Braun, but they also took top scientists from the Germans as well. So they had their own version of Operation Paperclip and had some really incredible scientists that were so far ahead of their their time. And, you know, they launched Sputnik. That was a huge thing. The United States woke up, was like, nope, we need, we need to win this race. Um, you know, and you can, you'll do just about anything at that point of the height of the Cold War. And in those times, you know, there's so much propaganda and from both sides of trying to win that technological race. It's the ace up the sleeve in a poker game. Yeah. Yeah. And you had Kubrick. That's an interesting story, isn't it? I st- I mean, I'm sorry, but A, yeah, do I think it's easy to get to the moon? No. I think it's extremely hard. Yeah. That's why when somebody says, well, that's why we've only gone this once or twice. No. Sorry. No. That doesn't make any sense. Because if we would have said, so, so, like, Russia didn't per- pursue going to the moon after we went to it, right? Like yeah, didn't you put think a man would, on the moon. Yeah, you think they would have followed suit? But we put to we put twelve supposedly twelve astronauts on the moon. Yeah. Well, right here in Wapak, Ohio, Neil home Armstrong. of Neil Armstrong, we went to <clears throat> the Neil Armstrong Museum in first grade, and so you know that's like what twenty five minutes from our house where we grew up. Not far. Yeah. yeah if you're ever in Wapakoneta, Ohio, and and go go check out the John uh, the Neil Armstrong. Check out Bowser's house too while you're John there. Glenn's from Ohio as well. Former <clears throat> Senator John Glenn. Yeah. Um. So that's just a lot funny. of astronauts. But some of those guys they've had some interesting things to say <clears throat> over the years about their time in space. Um. It's always good to keep up with what those guys are up to yeah because the one of the one of them really he's quite open about um edgar mitchell edgar mitchell yeah but again edgar mitchell would you know he talked about visitors and and there being people there waiting for them on the moon right so you know do you give any weight to those stories i tend to feel like it's it's a huge mystery. It's something that'll never come out. Yeah, we don't know one way or the other. Um, this next one, we can uh, head off to the next one. Logan Paul is afraid to release the most compelling UFO video ever recorded. So um, James Fox, which I watched James Fox's uh, documentary um, that was on, or I'm 
trying to get some time to watch James Fox's new documentary on Amazon Prime, Moment in Contact. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have some people like uh, Jeremy Corbell, James Fox. Everybody's kind of weighing in on this. Okay. So for decades, public UFO circles have spoken out about a video they consider most compelling that has been mentioned throughout the community. UFO specialist Chuck Clark allegedly came in contact uh, into possession of a video that was recorded by two young men in the early 1990s. Until yesterday, this footage was only the stuff of legend, but documentary filmmaker James Fox just spoke about it in detail. If that wasn't enough, he also revealed none other than YouTuber Logan Paul has a key role in the possible disclosure of the video to the general public. In case you didn't know, Logan Paul was a unique has a unique fascination for the topic and he's invited some UFO community most prominent figures. One of these guests is James Fox, who has two of the most compelling UFO documentaries that are sanctioned by members of the intelligence community and that new one is uh, Moment in Contact. Um, James Fox uh, in order to promote his 2022 documentary moment in contact, I guess it's not really super new, but uh, James Fox made the surreal revelation during Wednesday's episode of the Joe Rogan Experience. James publicly described, described the video in Chuck Clark's possession as two young men who had a camcorder and were inside their car in a Nevada desert. He claims that the video shows a UFO just a few yards from the car and suggested both young men were uh, experienced an allegedly close encounter of the third kind. As Rogan kept interrupting him because he thought the story was bogus, James Fox suddenly dropped Logan Paul's name in the story. He revealed that that the famous YouTuber in possession of a version of this is in possession of a version of this video. Um, and this guy from Twitter says Ross was uh, Joe uh, Mirgia. Mirgia, Ross was correct. Logan Paul didn't have the tape. But according to James Fox, Paul visited Chuck Clark and secretly recorded multiple angles of the video playing on a television and that that's what he has. Interesting. Okay. Um, And then UFO Watchdog. This is incorrect. I know for a fact Logan Paul does not have the tape. How do I know? Well, he's got Logan Paul's contact info. So there's a screenshot of, of... him having Logan Paul's number and he probably could just reach out to him at any time and verify it. I don't know what he's trying to say there. Um, How did Logan Paul come to possess Chuck Clark's video? Fox told Rogan, he told Logan Paul the same story and how he offered Clark $30,000 to buy the video from him. This gave Logan Paul the courage to go out to the desert and offer an impressive hundred K for the video. That's right. I mean, I remember I listened to this episode, Uh, but Clark review refused as Paul expected. This didn't stop him from getting a hold of this video. As you may know, Logan Paul is very creative, and he convinced Clark to show him the video while wearing a hidden button camera on his clothing. He recorded the entire video, but is now afraid to release it to the public due to the possible legal implications. Yeah, I mean, he, he shot the video without him knowing it with a button cam. Um, and then potential problems also with the U.S. government. The UFO community claims that the government is known for suppressing this type of information. So far, the YouTuber hasn't commented on James Fox's revelation. That's interesting. You think if it wouldn't have been true, he would have been like, dude, you're lying. That's not right. true. Right. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Who knows? I'd like to see that video, dude. Yeah. The original, 
I mean, a 1990s, okay, late 90s camcorder, you're talking what? Uh, DV tapes, stoner? DV tape? I mean, it's kind of like the hybrid digital, yeah, uh, kind of a hybrid digital, um, you know, right before you're getting into recording on SD cards and, and uh, you know, full where you can just connect it into a, a computer. Right. So this guy's got some kind of a tape. Right. Uh, you know, what's the quality of that? But even though, I mean, I it know. depends how close Take they are. At it. Boy, I hope that comes out. But if it's from a button cam shooting a monitor, that's not going to be real. It's going to be all. wouldn't imagine it would be high quality. No, it's not going to be great. So I would say it's, <clears throat> I don't know. But I think it's interesting Logan Paul didn't, didn't come out and say, oh, you're a liar, James Fox. Hmm. Could be something to that. Um, yeah, but there's also, I mean, who else has seen this? Just him, right? Is there anybody else? Rogan's never seen it. No, 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 no. Who no, else no. has ever seen no, it? No, he just, James Fox just so, talked about it on his show. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe. Logan Paul offered him 100K for the original. The guy would not come off it. That's a pretty good amount of money. I mean, the guy must really, really have something. And I wonder why he never went public with it. I mean, I know what it says in the article, but... What did Logan Paul say? He said he would go public with it. He went out there. But he said said something about something would make him or push him over the edge of it. He wanted Bob Lazar to look at it. Yeah. He wanted somebody else to verify it. Yeah. And if somebody else would verify it, then he would actually put it out there because he even said that it's not James Fox's tape. No, 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 it's no. someone else's. Right. But they gave it to him, and yep. he's kind of the steward of it, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but but Logan Paul Fox. said that he would put it out if it was verified by someone. Well, not verified, mm-hmm. but, you know, kind of given some. It's like, hey, is provenance. there any validity to yeah. this? Yeah. That'd be Man, interesting. I would love to have been in that room when they were playing that video back. Yeah. But stuff like this, more and more, I think is going to keep coming out now that this, this it's in the, the, the ether of society. You know, everybody and their brother knows that these crafts are being seen. And, and so we just hope that all this stuff continues to flow out. All this strange, we can cover it on our show. <laughs> I mean, like I said, the whole UAP is the you know, new UFO. The recording of a term that was, you know, like people are given certain terms to make other people look like conspiracy theorists. Yeah, they're or, rebranding it. Or kooks or whatever you want to say. UAP is the official so Pentagon UAP is term. the acceptable term now. Yeah, I still right, like, like UFO. UFO rolls off the tongue better. Yeah, UAP can screw off. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. Uh, Aerial phenomenon. Yeah, aerial phenomenon is well. It's that either. could be balloons. That could. That's why they do that. Is because it's you know it could it encapsulates more things up in the sky. I think. I think we all uh, agree. Like if it's falling out of the sky, it's not a UFO. That'd be a meteor, right. comet, space junk. Right. We're, I'm just strictly worried about things that are intelligently controlled flying in the sky. I don't care about you saw a meteor and thought it was a UFO. No, I, yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. The whole term that you want. Mylar balloon. The UAP stuff. Um, so this, uh, did you want to do this next one? We can kind of tag team this. I mean, it's just a video, right? Uh, we have, there's an article. Um, oh. So these men believe it's ants rather than Bigfoot. So just to kind of preface this. The Lord of the Rings is a factual, true story. 
J.R.R. Tolkien <laughs> really went to Mordor at all. And ants are real. <laughs> that's walking that's trees, ants, aka walking trees, aka ants. Okay. Mm-hmm. When we had Joel Thomas on the show, he talked about his excursion to Expedition Dogmen. Yeah. Uh, which is a Merkel Media documentary that was released last year. I watched it. Okay. Uh, uh, there is a section in that film where uh, Joel experiences these trees moving in a way where there's not wind. It's a where these things are just moving and swaying back and forth. There's this giant force that's bending these trees and moving them back and forth. In the documentary, they, they show a video to kind of uh, best compare right. to what Joel experienced. Right. And actually, one of the videos that we're going to show you is one of those videos that I think they brought up in Expedition Dogmen. So, okay. is this phenomenon that Joel had connected to what we're going to be talking about here? I don't know. It's interesting, though. I mean, Joel isn't it's a, a cool guy video. that uh, makes up, you know, I don't, I think he's a pretty trustworthy dude. Uh, and I think, you know, I can take his word when he says he experienced this tree phenomenon. And is that connected with this stuff? So recently, uh, there's been a surge in the number of videos depicting trees moving and behaving in unexplained ways. These videos have captured the attention of two friends who believe these may be the mythical Ents Tolkien described in Lord of the Rings. Told you. And are going out in search of we a We already know that Homo floriensis of- is out there as O-Ring Pandek. <laughs> so we got hobbits, we got Ents. Who else do we need? Uh, wizard Stoner. Right there he is. Stoner's All right, sitting check in that off. Check. Wizard. Check. Uh, what else do we got? Um, we got hobbits. We got... Elves. Who's the elf? Who do we got? Real elves. Who can shoot bows and arrows and do magic and... We'll have to live for them. thousands of years. We'll have to look for that. We'll have to look for that. Okay. <laughs> we're not. We're not quite living. Uh, ants. If reality. ants are real, though. But look at some. Of, I mean, look at this. These trees are just swaying. Like there's a ton of force. You know, if this video is real, of course. But I mean, there's so many of these type of videos, and that then tree it looks, looks like, like it just falls to the ground at the end. It looks like a hammered concert goer in the middle of the crowd. Oh yeah, just, just ricocheting like off the dude each other. that you know just took too much. Yeah, ate too many edibles. Like wandering, didn't drink enough water. like wandering hey, through the forest. Like you at Krongbin. No, that, that looks was like you at Krongbin. <laughs> that was dehydration. <laughs> There you go. Look at that's actually an ant. Come on. Come on, Mary Poppins. Where are you going? That thing is moving. And you know what? This isn't just one type of tree either. Look at that. This is pine trees. This is deciduous. This Look at is this one. Coniferous. Look at this one. It's behind a house. What other kind oh, of tree? Oh, now, see, the you guys swell. were trying to explain. That looks like a movie set or something. You don't. You still don't get like that, tremors. do you? tremors. You don't get that, do you? I mean, it looks like tremors, like a giant so, space worm's getting ready to come out and eat Kevin Bacon. So, okay, so if you're in an area like maybe Alaska where they have, say, uh, or like Colorado where you have aspens that are actually um, like uh, Here you go. There's clones. The They're clones. Yeah. They don't drop seeds. They basically, I think, they make networks under a network underground and they shoot off sprouts and keep regrowing and regrowing. Yeah. So they're a whole network. Band so when those yeah. big forests get hit with real heavy high winds and the tops yeah. of the branches and stuff, it literally will make the ground swell like that because their roots are together. Yeah. And that's why I said, be like somebody pulling on the top yeah. of your hair and your scalp sure. would move a little bit. 
But it's how much wind does wind break in a forest? I mean, there's a lot of wind break in forests. Dude, in the mountains, the wind. I mean, that, that's probably more logical. The ground moving, like I can see that's it's definitely incredibly logical. windy out in some this of those places. This is an ant situation here. Now this one. Now that's an ant. That's Treebeard. That's he's, an ant. He's going to uh, Isengard. He's got or, Mary and, and Pippin. And you with know, him. this article talks about well, people thought it's Bigfoot, like pulling up. We actually covered this no, a long time not, ago in one of the first strange happenings. But that's bro. not Bigfoot uprooting a tree. That's what I'm sorry. we covered in our. But that's. In, <laughs> there was one video that we. Do what now? What it looks like is like if somebody were able to carry around a 30 to 40 foot tall full-grown tree like it's in a potter's plant. Yes. Well, it looks like, like something they're looking big for a place to set it down. Picking up a tree but and walking no with it. No way. No, I'm even sorry. that's what I'm saying. Even a Bigfoot well, hold on. carrying that, that's a giant tree. We need somebody that is a uh, arborist or knows enough about trees to give us calculations on the weight of a tree cuz I mean Sasquatch he's not a lightweight. He can he can he hold can his move own. some stuff. So yeah, let's let's get down to brass tacks. How, how much does that tree weigh? So what we're looking at here, guys, is some of these videos That's are incredible. They're actually walking and moving. Then others are just massively swaying back and forth, yeah. back and forth. And and none of the trees around them, by the way, are moving either, which is interesting. But they all uh, they're not just moving like swaying. We'll these, they look yeah. like they're moving like they're running around on a uh, the, the ground. Like it's weird. Like this one right here is swaying to me, isn't it? No, but it's is going it? all the way over. Look yeah, at it move that there. Weird. That sucker's moving. So it does kind of look it's like, like it's falling it's over, pacing back and forth, That's and then falling so all the way over. Um, these links will be in the description, guys. If uh, those who are listening, anybody that's know, ever seen something like this, it's hard to describe. Let me know uh, where. Where's this forest? Is it in the new Zelda? I mean, there's a bunch of them. I want to check it out. So there you go, walking trees, ants. I got to say though, I'd be pretty freaked out if I was camping and I saw that happen. Tolkien's giving a thumbs up right now, dude. Hell yeah, he is. He's he's excited about this. Looking down, that's wow. an interesting one. All right. Well, there you go, guys. Walking trees. Um, you want to do the goblin one, bub? Sure. Um, coast we to have coast a uh, yeah. Mexican mayor reveals possible goblin remains found in town. This is from April of this year. Uh, a mayor in the Mexico, a mayor in Mexico, left his constituents scratching their heads when he took to social media to showcase what he suggested. Could be the remains of a goblin that had been discovered by workers in the well, community. According to a local media report, the very strange find was revealed last month in an online broadcast by Francisco Mayoral Flores, who presides over the town of Jusca de Ocampo. Standing alongside the two men who had presumably made the discovery, the mayor held a box containing the mysterious humanoid-looking remains seen isolated below and explained the curious corpse had been unearthed in a disused warehouse. In the video, Flores indicated that although doctors and vets have stated that it is a malformed fetus of a cat or dog, he argued that the rather diminutive remains cannot be from an animal since the ears of the hands are That's human. Wild. Look at that. I well, Conceding that officials are uncertain as to what the oddity might be, the mayor uh, marveled that many people in the community have speculated that, that it could be supernatural in nature. 
That's weird. Specifically, Flora suggested that it might be a duende, which is a goblin-like creature in Latin American folklore, or similarly, yeah, uh, a mystical shape-shifting entity remember known the, as a nacal. The Mexican elf we covered yeah. a mo- few months ago. I don't remember the, the name of the it. The Mexican uh, president came out. the name of it? And the environmental group snapped a, f- a photo from a trail cam. But look at yeah. that. So the mayor reportedly went on deposit. Like a really chubby baby with jaundice or something. Like it's all, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's got. It's gross. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he said, quote, that if it had been found in another municipality, it would have not been relevant. But Husca de Acampo just so happens to be what is known as a magical town. That is officially mm-hmm. recognized by the Mexican government for its rich folkloric tradition centered around supernatural entities, yeah. such as the Nicol and the Duende. As such, Flores uh, declared there is a cultural and social demand to give it importance. The town even boasts a museum that is dedicated to goblins, which is where the remains are now on display while officials await the result of scientific tests, which will hopefully determine its true nature. Could be a root or a potato. Born not to run. I don't disagree, bud. A potato? <laughs> a potato? Bro, that's a potato. It's the goblin a- Mr. Potato Head. Look at the ear, though. That's an ear, isn't it? That's an arm. I mean, look at that hand. Dude, that's kind of, I mean, it's a pretty unbelievably strange potato. I'd like to make some crinkle cut fries out of that guy. That's unsettling. God, that's gross. <laughs> Isn't it? Like, what's up with that it's, head? Because that head and that body don't go together. Yeah, the legs are all, like, I don't know. It's kind of like dog legs where it's all, I don't know. That's that's wild, dude. I mean, it looks like it's in this weird pose with, mm-hmm. like, its legs crossed it's up like, like it's about to roundhouse you. Yeah. I don't really like that at all. It's like doing Tai Chi or something. That's so creepy. The goblin died. Tai Chi, I did that tai first chi. semester. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's it a good a movement good of energy. Yeah, it was fun. It's a prop from Last of Us. <laughs> Ron Father, that's a good point. Groot. Yep. Are there ant wives? I don't know. That's a good, you know. It's a Groot great root. question. All right. Well, there's, wow. That's I don't know. A, if there's ant wives out there, there's a lot of wood. Jesus, but I'm Steven. <laughs> wow, good one, Bub. Score. It's the mustache. It's all the mustache. <laughs> uh, last article here. Yeah, from uh, Yahoo. A little bit of a local Ohio news. Uh, Dr. Bradley Lepper, he's the head archaeologist at Ohio History Connection, uh, has done a lot of good work and some interesting work uh, over the years. Talks about ammonite fossil found in Hopo Mound Group in Ohio came from South Dakota. Hey, shout out. Uh, paper. Yeah. Uh, this paper asserts. Um, this one's for you, Burton. Uh, <laughs> one of the distinguishing characteristics of Ohio's indigenous American Indian Hopo culture, which dates from around AD 100 to 400, uh, AD 1 to 400, sorry, is the use of an, an unusual raw material that found their way into Ohio from across a huge swath of North America. These included large conch shells from the Gulf of Mexico, which we've talked about that, yep. copper from around Lake Superior, we've talked about that, and even obsidian, a black volcanic glass from Yellowstone Park. I think we've mentioned that as well uh, in our episode with Jeff. Yeah. Um, 
in Wyoming, these materials weren't just admired in, uh, as curiosities. The ancient American Indian people would have believed they were endowed with great spiritual power. Uh, the largest array of ceremonial regalia crafted from these and many other extraordinary materials came from the mounds of the Hopewell Mound Group in Ross County. In a paper published in the current issue of the Mid-Continental Journal of Archaeology, uh, a vocational archaeologist, George Colvin, and American Museum of Natural History, History paleontologist, Neil Landman, considered, quote, one of the lesser known but more unusual and exotic items recovered from the Hopewell site. The item in question is a culturally modified fragment of an ammonite fossil. Ammonite fossils are the mineralized spiral shells of squid-like critters that went extinct in the same time as most of the dinosaurs, about 66 million years ago. Ohio's rocks are all much older, so the fossil must have come from somewhere else. According to Colvin and Landman, it comes from the badlands of southwestern South Dakota. How about that, Bert? The fossil is D-shaped <laughs> and is about two and a half inches long. The flat side uh, was ground down, which would have allowed the fossil to stand upright. It has two holes made through made through it, so Colvin and Landman suggest it might have been worn attached to a garnet or headband. The fossil shell is iridescent, which, based on documented American Indian traditions, likely made it particularly special. Colvin and Landman note, for example, the Hopi and ancestral Pueblo connected, uh, collected ammonites and that with those with iridescent shells were highly venerated and used in medicine bundles. Fossils aren't common in Hopewell ceremonial offerings, but fossil shark teeth have been found at several sites, and mastodon tusk fragments and fossil horn corals were found at Mound City, Ohio, and Chillicothe. Never knew that. One of the eight Hopewell Mound groups that is being nominated for inclusion on the UNESCO World Heritage List this specimen, uh, Mound City, one of the eight Hopewell Mound groups that is being nominated for inclusion in UNESCO, uh, this specimen is, so far, the only ammonite fossil found in a Hopewell Mound. Wow. Really, really cool. Um, Colvin and Landman proposed that Ohio Hopewell travelers collected the ammonite fossil and other special raw materials, such as obsidian, on their journeys to distant lands. This certainly may be one of the ways these remarkable materials found their way to the Great Hopewell Ceremonial Centers in Ohio, but I also think that it's likely that the pilgrims, perhaps from far away as Wyoming and South Dakota, journeyed to Ohio. Much as Christian pilgrims traveled to Jerusalem and Muslim pilgrims traveled to make the Hajj to Mecca, they have brought the obsidian and Ammonite fossils and offerings of thanksgiving or uh, supplication. This would help explain not only how the Hopewell, Ohio Hopewell, acquired these extraordinary objects, but also why many of the Hopewell earthworks are built on such a grand scale. For example, the octagonal enclosure at the Newark earthworks could encompass four Roman coliseums. Wow. It's big, dude. So these places clearly were not built to serve only local congregations, but were instead vast earthen cathedrals. And the circle's even bigger than that, dude. The circle is the base, the same size as the base of the Great Pyramid. They used to have the Ohio State Fair inside the Great Circle. Mm -hmm. All those early illustrations you can look up of 
uh, these people with, you know, big circus tents and barkers and people hanging out inside. I mean, you're talking hundreds and hundreds of people can fit inside uh, the octagon or the circle. Um, So um, pretty, pretty interesting to know that there's even now because, you know, they found uh, evidence that that there's – the things from places in, in Mexico, in Georgia, North Carolina. I mean, there's Flint from North Carolina that they've found in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Hey, man, add South Dakota and Wyoming to the list now. Right. People were pilgriming. If if it is, uh, you know, the Turtle Island and it is that true lost civilization that we think it is and the advanced lost civilization that we really think is here in Ohio, people from all over the place would be getting on boats and traveling for, you know, these big ceremonies. And maybe this was some kind of a a national kind of uh, where people from all over are sharing the same culture and religious values and bringing tokens from their area to, you know, bury in the mounds and and, um, as a part of their rituals. It could be. I, I no. I mean, it, or there was trade, or they're trading. Sure, yeah. You know, if it was desirable material. I mean, if you ever see ammonite, I mean, it's awesome. It's really stuff cool. Person Fibonacci sequence. Bunch of it in uh, Canada in on our nature honeymoon. form. Yeah, it's beautiful and like iridescent. Is like harder to explain what that looks like, but when you see it, it the shimmer mm, of like yes. a seashell. Like uh, mm-hmm. so, I on have the underbelly of a. Oyster or clam, rather huge shells that mm-hmm. I brought back from New Zealand. They're, yeah. they're big. They're like massive, right? And all you have to do is if you take something not super abrasive, even if you just have like a rag that's yeah. like enough of like a scrub to it that it would scrub your skin. Yeah, you polish that; it'll keep getting brighter. It'll because it's right. basically like taking off layers of it, and you're getting all these different layers to come through at the same time. It's like how you used to do the stuff when you were kids where you'd take a bunch of crayons and color and all over the paper. It, smooth it. And then you'd put the, the, the like singular color of paint over it. Yeah. And then you would scrape it out. Yeah. And as you'd scrape that out, like all the colors would come yeah, out underneath it. Yeah, my kids have those books. They're sweet. That's the same stuff I with that ammonite fossils and shells yeah. like that. When you polish them a lot, oh, my God. The other thing was bringing those shells back because they're out of the ocean. Mm-hmm. As a flight from New Zealand. They'd be stinking. Smelled like Bigfoot's nether regions. <laughs> Jesus. And I had a stick of salami oh. that I got through customs. Jesus, Bob. The guy in the, the airport when I was going through the uh, metal detector, I set it off and I was like, it's probably the big salami stick I have in my backpack. Oh, Jesus. And he looked at me and I'm like, no, I have a huge stick of salami in there. Like, I'm going to eat that on that flight. This is a 15-hour flight, man. You're going to need that snack. Yeah, you're yeah. going to get meals, but you're going to want it. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to need something. That was also the flight where we were on with the Duggars and 13 oh, of their kids. Oh, what? Yeah, we flew back from New Zealand with the Duggars and 13 kids. Wow, how strange. It was strange. I bet. I actually, of course, they somehow, shoot their TV show somehow I had an encounter with them. Did you talk to the dad? Yeah. Oh, no. Have they I ever told to you the story? I, I got a signed so. picture from I, the Duggars. <laughs> Un, unsolicited. Bring that in on the next. I want. Proof. I don't. I don't I want have proof. it anymore. What'd Ask you do? my wife. Oh, she probably has it. So here's the story. All right. We're coming back from New Zealand. Real quick. We're coming back from New Zealand. I look back as we're going through security, and I was like, man, that lady's hairdo for some reason just stood out. I think it's a facial recognition thing that we all have. Of you know, you mm-hmm. see. 
And it like made me, I just, for, at first I thought she was somebody I knew from back home. And that's why yeah. it freaked me out. And I was like, yeah, I did a double take and then I saw him, which is her husband, Jim Bob. Yeah. And I went, holy shit, it's the Duggars. <laughs> and Kim's like, what? And I'm like telling my wife, like, it's the Duggars. And so she's looking and then our other friends are looking. And the next thing you know, it's like, okay. And I thought that would be it. You know, we won't see him again. But, you know, you kind of have Somehow to Somehow you got drawn to well, talking. You're in New Zealand. Unless they're going anywhere other than the U.S., there's not many flights that go oh, yeah. to you. So yeah. I should have put two and two together a lot quicker that they would probably be on our flight. But I didn't until they got down in, like, our terminal area. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm like, oh, the Duggars are over there. This is so strange. Like, I'm not a fan. <laughs> like, But it's just, it's whatever. It's, 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 you see a reality show in front of you, sort of, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, that's kind of wild. So I go to a vending machine. <laughs> and I get a soda out. And after the soda comes out, it was like one of these weird ones where it had this turnstile where it kept opening and closing and opening and closing. I was like, I, I just broke the soda machine somehow. One of his little girls... Came over, did some magic, literally just put her hand on it somehow and stopped it. Maybe that's all you had to do is just put your hand on it and get it to stop. And she stopped and I was like, wow. I was like, thank you, because that was really annoying me. So I gave her the rest of my money I had from New Zealand, which was just a handful of change to like buy something in the vending machine. And I didn't think anything of it. And I went back and I hung out with my wife and our friends. And then her dad comes over. He was like, that was really nice what you did, da, 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 and started <laughs> talking to me. And I'm like, I'm having a conversation <laughs> With, with Jim Bob, Bob Duggar. It's <laughs> really happening right now. I mean, that's a strange happening. You want to hear the other strange happening I had the other night? <laughs> I think it was a full moon. I went to pick my wife up from oh, the airport. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was nice. On the way to the airport, as I'm going up 71 to get to 670 or whatever, Cinco de Mayo, right? There's a pickup truck. There's a guy laying in the on ramp to 670. There's a car spun out in the middle of the road on the left-hand side. I'm like, oh what? That's too I can't handle that. It's already too weird. Yeah. I got to go. I got to get to the airport. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm tired. Then as I'm driving, there's a car in the fast lane with its passenger side front door wide open. Driving down the road? 85 miles an hour. How's it staying open? No idea. How does it? Somebody had to be holding it open. Either that. The, the air Either that would or they back. were part of the wreck. Oh, and his door was stuck. Jammed open. He was flying, trying to get off the scene. Cars were coming up behind me, flying up, because yeah. I was like, I, there's no way in hell I'm passing this car. No, no, no. I'm you're, just you're like trying to stay. Back. I'm trying to stay at a distance where I can watch it and make sure nothing happens. But Full moon, bro. I just got brand new brakes. Believe me, I can stop on a dime now like, <laughs> if I need to. Um, but, yeah, I was just uh, like, what the hell is going on? Like. I think the strange happenings are starting to seep into my life. Yeah, it happens. And now the strange is just everywhere. Yep. That's when you know I you're mean, on the right path. Yeah. The way those fellow trees strip is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's what they're telling about. Uh, lurks a lot in them. Have you seen that in the in the chat? What's that? A feller buncher. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's the big arm on the machine that yeah, goes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, Literally picks up a tree or strip it. Sure. It could be a That's what buncher. he's saying that. Yeah. But the videos we're seeing, we don't see machinery in there, and it doesn't look like but, you a know, tree the, just picking up and getting stripped. Yeah. But I know what you're talking it's about. A good, I have seen those. Yeah, it's a good logical yeah. explanation for There is equipment that can do those types of maneuvers, but it still doesn't look the same. Like, again, the tree is staying upright and traveling around. Like, it looks like it's running around the woods. And, like, right. I would think out of the, the, the range of where a feller buncher could possibly move it. But good point, and I could be wrong. 
I'm done. We want to believe in Ents, though. I'm going to blame some of this conversational <laughs> energy that I have on Mike. He made a strong brew of coffee oh, tonight yeah. for us. Very strong brew. Um, Thanks to Mike Cobb. Absolutely. Again, Thank you, Mike. that was so much fun. Appreciate all you the You fueled this episode of Strange Happenings. Yes. We salute you, sir. Yes, <laughs> yes he did. And uh, we're going to sign off. That's all we had. We took about 10 tangents, four lefts, and a right turn back to here. You know what I'd like to have? This is my final parting tangent. Okay. You ever seen the movie The Griswold's Family Vacation when they go to Wally World? Yes, the very first one. And Chevy Chase has it mapped out. He's playing it on the computer, like showing him like the destination. Yeah. I would like to get some kind of an image that starts when we start the show that is like the strange road car, like on this map. And when we take a left-hand turn, Kyle can just start to drive it off into like a weird area. And we'll be like, oh, we can see it on a visual representation because I like graphs. Like bring it back onto the strange road main yeah. highway. Yeah, and here we are back on interstate. And like a GPS 75. track your run. We could track our show of like how far off and how many left-hand. We got lost in the Daniel Boone <laughs> National Forest a few times on this episode. And now we're back on the highway heading back to Columbus. Here we there go. There you go. Let's stop at Cracker Barrel on the way. Nope. <laughs> Then we'll miss another turn. Anyways, guys, this has been a fun one. Oh, Thank man. you guys so much for hanging out in the chat. You guys rule. Uh, Born Not to Run. M, you guys are great. Uh, you know, go check out Necro Mechanimal on uh, Instagram. Yes. Uh, killing it with the edits. He does a bunch of cool stuff for a bunch of other awesome shows you guys might not have heard of. Uh, and if you, you know, go check out some of those other shows, um, you know, go check out Burton, Local Legends. Yeah. Show some um, love. Show some love. Uh, Lurks a lot. they done it for us. Thank you for being here. Ron Father. Um, who else did we miss? Cryptid uh, Huntress is in there. You yeah, got Cryptid there. Huntress. Lurks a lot. Oh, yeah. A little uh, secret news. We're working on a possibly coming on uh, one of the Cryptid Huntresses show. Oh, yeah. In the, in the near future. So keep yeah. an eye out for that. I can't uh, wait we're to do that. super super stoked to we got hang a lot out with coming Jessica up. Jones again. I'll tell you what, the summer is about to get spicy as it heats up here. Yep, we got a lot going on. Yep, you guys uh, are awesome. Yeah, thank you guys, and uh, you guys can follow us at the Strange Road. We're yep. on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. To TikTok. the singular stone. Yes. In Master Control. Yep. Thank you, Muchas Stone gracias. and Master Control, uh, and Disbro Spirit is with us tonight always and he'll be back on thursday to help us out with james a will james a willis which is going to be a good one um oh it's going to be a lot of fun we're going to crank that uh, up to an 11 you know check out the facebook group strange road hitchhikers uh go check us out join the facebook group uh subscribe share this video share this podcast uh later on if you're listening uh on uh spotify apple google yeah uh give it a share tell your friends tell your family if you guys like the strange road, share the love. Yeah. Uh, we're always we looking to hang it. out with more and more people. And um, that's it for us. We're going to sign off. Bub? I'm out. Good? I'm good. All right. Thanks, guys. Peace.